This is the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, episode 188. Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Weekly motivation and language learning tips to help you become fluent in any language. Now, here's your host, Ollie Richards. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Hope you're having a great day wherever you are. Now, today we're going to be back to the topic of flashcards. This is something that comes up with uh, regularity, much like the question on, you know, can I really not learn seven languages at the same time? Is it really a bad idea? We're going to be uh, talking about a really interesting topic today that goes into the kind of theory of flashcards and how you put them together. So brace yourselves for a detailed one here. Before we get into that, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show, the place where I get all of my speaking practice. So if you think you could benefit from more speaking practice in the language you're learning, perhaps with a very affordable tutor who lives in the country of the language that you're learning, then italki is the best place to get that. You can go to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free lesson to get $10 worth of credit, which is more than enough to try a couple of trial lessons with different teachers. Okay, without any further ado, let's get back into the trenches of a flashcard theory with a question from Charlotte. Hi, Ollie. Thank you for your fabulous podcast. Uh, just one question. Uh, I've been learning Spanish for a couple of years now, and after reading the book Fluent for- Forever by Gabriel Weiner, I stopped uh, putting uh, my native language, which is English, on my flashcards at all and, and stuck with um, just Spanish uh, and pictures, of course. Uh, just wanting your opinion on this. Thank you. Hi, Charlotte. Thank you very much for a great question. And um, I think this is quite nice because in previous episodes, we've uh, we've covered similar questions, but not exactly this one. Uh, so, for example, in episode... Um, 90, episode 90, we talked about whether you should put audio with your flashcards. Uh, and then back in episode 82, I had a long rant. This is almost a hundred episodes ago. I had a long rant where I kind of laid out everything that I think about flashcards. In fact, this episode was called The Truth About Flashcards. And, um, that is really my kind of go-to resource that I've created. If you want to listen to really step by step what I think about flashcards. So I'm not going to repeat all of that today. Well, I might end up repeating a lot of it, but I am going to try to address this question of whether or not we should have your flashcards entirely in the target language. And I'm also going to pick up on this, this point about having pictures because I, um, I don't do either of those two things. And I'm going to explain why and hopefully my thoughts will, will help. There's kind of the broad point that I want to make to begin with is, we, you know, all of us are always looking for a, you know, the best solution or kind of new trick that will help us um, suddenly unlock the the progress and the results that we're looking for in our language learning. And, you know, it's very easy to find people like me who will kind of stand up and say, this is what you should do. Or this is what I was, this is what I would do. And um, to believe that that is somehow the best way forward. You know, I'm always very clear that for you, the, the best way, the best technique for you is the one that works for you personally. And the, the challenge facing all of us is to experiment with lots of different things and to f- notice and pay attention to what works, what's suitable for us and our learning style, and then really go for that. You know, the extent to which we can figure out what works best for us determines how successful we're going to be with language learning. So let's talk about, first of all, the arguments for. So why should you have your flashcards entirely in the language that you're learning, i.e. no English. Well, 
the most here are the, the common arguments for this. First of all, you avoid translation because translation is often thought of as being bad, which I think is totally wrong. Anyway, um, you by having your flashcards in the target language, you perhaps can learn to think in your target language more. You get increased exposure to your target language. So, in other words, if you remove English, then by default you get more exposure to your target language. And you also hear things like, well, you learn like a child because children just grow up surrounded by nothing but the target language. These are the commonly um, expressed benefits of having your flashcards entirely in the target language. The arguments for having pictures on your flashcards. And it was very interesting, Charlotte, because at the end, right at the very end of your message, you said, and you said, and of course, pictures. So I, I, that, that caught my attention because I want to pick up on that. So the reason that people would say, well, you should have um, pictures on your flashcards is because your visual memory is stronger than your auditory memory. Typically, we'll often remember someone's face, but not necessarily their name, for example. Um, and that... Therefore, to have pictures on your flashcards can only be helpful. Now, whether you exchange those pictures for the English or whether you use the pictures with the English or whether you use the pictures in combination with the target, whatever it may be, visuals in the form of pictures are often thought to be beneficial in terms of your memory. Now, I had a quick look at Gabriel Weiner's website um, for, a, for, for a bit of um, something directly from him relating to to pictures and a quote that i pulled out is as follows it's much easier to learn a word off a off of a picture card you've made yourself than off of a translation card you've noted you've downloaded in someone else's deck okay, i'll read that again it's much easier to learn a word off of a picture card you've made yourself than off of a translation card you've downloaded in someone else's deck in other words, what he's saying here is that it's easier to learn a word that you've made yourself on your own flashcards with a picture you found yourself than it is to learn a word that you've downloaded in someone else's deck that just comes with the English translation and the Spanish, for example. So let's start off there with that comment from Gabe, because, of course, what he said there is a false equivalence. He's comparing making a word card, a picture card that you've made yourself with a translation card that somebody else has made. And of course, there's no reason to make that comparison. I mean, to the extent that it's true, what he said, of course, that that's not to say that that is the best thing to do. Okay, so we've got to really pick these apart and, and talk about why we are making these decisions that we're making in terms of how we're building our flashcards. Um, because, and then what happens before and after and what the purpose of flashcards is in the first place. Because all of this... Um, makes a difference and the overall the overarching theme here is that flashcards can be extremely time consuming if you let them and they shouldn't be all right many people hate flashcards and the reason they hate them is because they're seen as boring and they're seen as time consuming now flashcards obviously aren't the most fun thing in the world i find them effective because i think i figured out how to use them the best way at least for me but what's for sure is if you start having this kind of elaborate approach where every single picture every single flashcard has to have a picture that you that you source yourself and upload to them. i mean it, it can just become this kind of crazy system whereas what we really want to be able to do is to have flashcards as, as this agile tool 
that we use to note things down and remind ourselves of certain vocabulary over time. I only use my flashcards in two ways. First of all, it's after I've finished studying or, or having a lesson, I'll immediately transfer the the vocabulary I've learned over to my flashcards. That's number one. The second thing is if I've just learned a word in the middle of a conversation or something and I don't want to forget it, then I'll just whip out my flashcards and I'll I'll whack it in there uh, so that I don't forget it and so that it's stored. Flashcards are a, a way to store language so that you've got everything in one place. You know what happens with notebooks, right? If you write stuff in notebooks, then your notebook gets filed away and you, and you never see it again. The great thing about flashcards is everything's there. So the way to make to find the most benefit out of your flashcards is to have a system for using them and reviewing your flashcards such that it's quick and easy and agile so that you don't have to see it as becoming a, a burden. So let's go through this bit by bit. So first of all, the translation point. To the point that says, um, get rid of the, the English and do it only in the target language for all of the benefits that I mentioned earlier. Well, translation, in my view, is inevitable. I don't think it's something that we should be avoiding, because however, until you get super advanced in the language you're learning, you will always be using translation. Many people, uh, friends of mine, use translation as an integral part of their language learning. Luca Lambariello, for example, is well known for using uh, translation as a, as a as a language learning methodology. I've talked recently on the on the blog about reverse translation, an activity I really like. It's a it's a core part of making sense of language. The way that you, um, in the case of Spanish, for example, the way that you can get very strong very quickly in Spanish is by doing this kind of contrastive analysis, noticing how and why you say certain things in Spanish compared to the English, and that really gives you a massive head start compared to. Um, someone who's, for example, Japanese and doesn't have that common common language. Translation is useful for, for all kinds of things. And for me personally, the more languages that I acquire or learn to speak, the more I use these kind of contrastive analyses to learn much faster. When I was learning Thai last summer, what really helped me was my existing knowledge of Cantonese because not only did the tones help, but I would find lots of words in Thai that were very similar to Cantonese or Chinese, and that gave me a huge head start over uh, like someone who only spoke English, for example, because I had these different points of comparison. Now, that, of course, isn't exactly the same thing as, as translation, but the way that I make sense of the Thai language when I'm learning it is by looking at sentences and noticing that, you know, for example, in English, we would tend to have uh, let's take a simple example. In English, we tend to have the, the adjective before the noun, right? We say that there is a black cat, whereas in Thai, they might say something else. Or in Cantonese, they might use a particle. So the way that I learn languages is by looking at the English, looking at the target language and seeing how they compare. That's like an anchor for me. Now, this is where the parallels with learning like children are misguided because people say well you don't need that english translation just immerse yourself and you'll learn naturally through through exposure after all that's how kids learn and of course the common myth is that children learn languages quickly now of course anyone who's been around children for any length of time will know that that's not the case children take years to learn their mother tongue children likewise if you give them a few 
hours a week of a second language class, they won't learn it at all. They, they'll pick up words every now and again. But children who learn a foreign language in an academic environment, they don't learn it. And if they do, it takes them years and years and years. As adults, we're not children. We have study skills. And that's why translation is such a, a, a big thing and such a useful thing, because we can use the skills and the awareness and the existing knowledge that we have of our own language to help us um, in the language that we're learning. Now, let's say that you do have flashcards entirely in the target language. Well, the benefit, or so they say, is that, well, that increases your exposure, right? But the problem with that is, is that you very quickly learn the the flashcards that you create. So if you do create, say, 10 flashcards in Spanish, all right, the first few times you look at them, they might be useful, but then very quickly you learn it. It's like learning the test or something like that. You, you learn for the test so that when you test yourself on the flashcards, you'll already know what the answer is because you will have learnt it. All right, so it, in, so because of that, it immediately negates all the benefits of any increased exposure because you have got, um, you're simply learning what comes, right? Increased exposure it needs to be with new things. It's like, for example, you're reading books or you're watching TV or listening to the radio. That's valuable exposure, not going over the same flashcards that you, you get to predict over and over again. Now, to the point of visuals, visuals are definitely helpful, right? I mean, I've got, in an ideal world, if I could have uh, images on all of my flashcards, I probably would. Why not? It certainly, it certainly doesn't, it's certainly not um, a damaging thing. It can only really be helpful. But it comes back to this, this thing of, okay, if I'm making my flashcards by myself, which you must do, you must never use other people's flashcards. If I'm making flashcards by myself, how long is it going to take me to find a picture that properly represents that word? You know, I can get my, my, my flashcard app out and I can make a new entry in a matter of seconds and then it's done and it's stored. Inevitably, as you get more advanced, you start learning more abstract language. So you might have to um, learn the word for um, a system or for um, a word like jurisdiction or something like that. So you've got to find more and more abstract pictures to represent these words. And, you know, it's very quickly going to become unsustainable. So for all the benefits that visuals have, um, the it, it, in any way you look at it, it becomes too much of a burden to make it sustainable, and you you end up losing the benefits of flashcards as as a, an integral part of your language learning routine in, in the first place. So I never I never do it. The only exception would be like so sometimes I go for dim sum, uh, and I might want to remember the name of a particular dim sum dish. So then I'll just take a quick picture and stick it on my flashcard. But that is, that's obviously because there's no word for that in English. So that helps me remember it, right? So, you know, if you can take a quick picture of something that's in front of you and stick it on the flashcards, you know, by all means do it. But it's really important. It doesn't slow you down. Now, I'm going to come back to this visuals thing. But the last thing I want to say about this is that these elaborate systems for flashcards, these kind of systems that say, okay, here's how you set it up in this way or the other. So you have, you know, visuals and tests and target language immersion. This fundamentally misunderstands the purpose and power of space repetition as a learning tool. Setting up flashcards with pictures and all this peripheral information in the target language, it's highly inefficient. It's not a good use of time. 
think of all the time that all, all that time that you spend on, on on doing that, setting up these cards this way. If you spend that time instead on actually reading or listening, doing more, getting more real, genuine exposure to to the language, you know, you'll be far and away ahead of where you'd be with with your head in flashcards all the time. Okay, it deprives you of time spent with the whole language. So the immediate response to what I've just said is, well, hang on, Ollie, I actually want to remember these words. So what should I do? Well, I'm glad you asked. So here are my thoughts on a smart approach to using flashcards. First of all, rule number one, the golden rule of flashcards. Flashcards are for practicing output, not input. In other words, flashcards are for practicing the recall of stuff you've already learnt not as the kind of source material for you learning new stuff. Okay, The way that you learn new stuff is by exposing yourself to the language, talking to people, listening to things, reading to things, reading things. Then you can extract the vocabulary you want to learn, spend time with it by yourself, pen and paper, your imagination. And then once you've got somewhere with the vocabulary, that's when you can put it into your flashcards. And then the flashcards become a way of you just simply recalling the vocabulary, practicing the review of that vocabulary so that you speed up the time it takes you to, to get a word back onto the tip of your tongue. Too many people see flashcards as this source of learning, so they'll download a deck of 100 adjectives in Spanish and try and commit them to memory. No, that's the wrong way of doing it. Flashcards are for practicing words that you've already learned yourself. Okay, So this is why English is so useful on flashcards, because when you display the English first, which you should do, in my view, that's what I do at least, when you display the English first, that's like a prompt. From that prompt, your task is then to recall the word or the phrase or the chunk of meaning or whatever in the language that you're learning. Okay? So if the English pops up as good morning and you're learning Spanish, then your task is then to recall how to say buenos dias in Spanish, all right? So you're using the English on the flashcards to help you recall the word or phrase that you want to learn in the target language. The benefit of this is that it simulates real-world conversation. What you do when you're speaking with somebody is you think, okay, I want to say this word, what is it, what is it, what is it? And it's the speed at which you can recall that word that determines how good you are at getting that those, those words out in conversation. Okay, so once again, flashcards are for practicing output practicing you speeding up your recall in speaking. They're not for learning. Now, images are very powerful, as I've said already, but the best images of all are those created in your mind, and that's mnemonics. Images that are created in your mind, that tie, that, so you're not restricted by stuff you can find on Google. The stuff that you, that you create in your mind, where you can have characters and actions and emotions and locations, these are the images that stick forever and then as to tie this all up then as we were coming back earlier all of this what's most important is for flashcards not to become burdensome keep it simple it's like the whole the the kiss acronym right keep it simple stupid don't make it too burdensome otherwise you simply won't keep it up for long enough for it to be beneficial i've been using flashcards for years now with great success and i think the reason is that i don't try to make it something that it's not the potential for your memory exists firmly within your mind. 
And it's the extent to which you employ your brain power and your imagination when you attempt to learn new vocabulary that determines how, how well you remember it. Okay, So to that extent, the space repetition that's built into your flashcards offers you an opportunity to reinforce the associations you've already made as you're learning vocabulary, rather than the source of learning itself. So, how did I do? I wonder if that answered your question or not. As you can probably tell, I've got a lot to say about this. Um, I don't know the extent to which like what I've just said raises more questions than it answers. But uh, I've covered the, the main things and I think the most important thing, really it has to come back to finding the system that works for you. But the most important thing from what I've said, I think is, is that at the end, it's that it's the work that goes on in your mind that determines um, your memory, um, not the, the particular system you've got on, on your flashcards. That's why my approach to using flashcards, it relies on you doing the brain, using your, the brain power first and doing, doing the heavy lifting first. Okay. So thank you very much, Charlotte, for your question. Resources mentioned, uh, related to this episode today, because there's a lot of further stuff I'd like to refer you to. First of all, the two related episodes I mentioned before. Episode 82, The Truth About Flashcards. A similar episode to today, but probably that was a year ago or so. So um, I, my thoughts have moved on since then. Episode 90, Audio with Flashcards. That is all about should you put audio on your flashcards. And you can probably predict what I'm going to say about that. But it's interesting because it relates to the pronunciation of these, of, of the words, right? Now... How let's say that we you are using your flashcards in order to help you review or revise the associations you've already created, the, the heavy lifting you've already done with your mind. Well, how do you what's the process that you go through to 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 learn and memorize words in the first place? Because flashcards is like the last stage, right? So how do you make words stick? How do you make sure that when you're setting about learning new words, you have a system for learning those words so that they do stay not just in your short-term memory, but in your long-term memory, such that you don't forget them and you can also remember them later when you need them most in conversation. So, so long-term listeners to the podcast will know that I covered this um, this in depth last year. In fact, I created an entire course um, around this, which is, which is called Master Your Memory. And I've since remade the course. It's now a brand new course um, called Bulletproof Memory, because that's what we're aiming to develop here. And I've got a free three-part email course that really shows you the most important parts of the process. So it's all through the spectrum. So what do you do before you start trying to memorize a word? Then what is the first crucial step in, in memorizing a word? And then we, well, there's a, there's a whole ton of stuff. If you'd like to get this free three-part email course, then um, I've made it for you, so it's freely available. You can go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free memory course. Um, you can do this on your computer or on your phone. So if you're listening now, you can get out your phone and go to your browser. Just type in the address IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free memory course, all one word. And that'll take you to a, a little, it's a three-day um, thing and there's some videos, there's some downloads, and all of that stuff shows you the the most important stuff that happens before you get to the flashcard stage. All right, so if you've enjoyed today's episode all about flashcards, then you will get a lot out of 
um, this free course. So once again, that's IWillTeachYouAlanguage.com forward slash free memory course. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're um, you're still awake <laughs> after all of that. But I had fun getting that off my chest anyway. Thank you, Charlotte, for your question. And I'll see you back in the next episode of the podcast.